Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. It is time for Catherine Swift, Linville Everdale, and Michelle Simpson. Beauties on the Beast segment on Saturday. Yeah, I have to put my money on you, Catherine. <laughs> Thanks, Roy. Well, I do. I, do. I think. <laughs> I do. You, you, and Doctor Cam would be an incredible duo on the air. Not that we take a back seat to Linda Leatherdale and Michelle Simpson. Well, Catherine is the uh, former president and CEO of the Canadian Federation of Independent Business. Now, tell us what the Twitter account is for for your new endeavor. It's uh, at Working Canadians, but it's Working CDNS, short form for Canadians. So Okay, at Working CDNS. Yes. Linda Leatherdale is the former money editor of the Toronto Sun. She's vice president of Cambria, Canada. I thought we'd lost her. It took me four days to find her. <laughs> what were you doing? Busy, Roy. <laughs> I guess so. We were all worried about you. We didn't know where Linda was. Well, the economy is scary, but I will say the renovation business and all of that is on fire right now. So Yeah, I guess. I guess. Michelle Simpson, former Liberal Member of Parliament, who was a seatmate to the Prime Minister when they were in opposition together and got to see all the articles that had been written about him because he'd come in and he'd say to Michelle, what did he say, Michelle? Do you want to look at this? <laughs> you have to look at this. <laughs> Beauties, it's great to have you with us. Let me start you with a question that n nobody really wants to deal with, but it, it, it's one that it's one that's starting to make the rounds, and it's this: the COVID vaccine. When it arrives in quantity in Canada, where whenever that's going to be, should anyone refusing to be vaccinated face restrictions of movement at public venues? So, when it arrives in quantity in Canada, or when the vaccines arrive in quantity in Canada. Should anyone who refuses to be vaccinated face restrictions of movement at public venues? Ms. Simpson, why don't I start with you? Uh, that's, a, that's a tough question, but personally, I think that unless there's a medical reason why they can't, that uh, businesses and uh, the government are well within their rights to restrict it. If we have to have kids vaccinated to go to school or they can't go, unless they have a legitimate reason, uh, medical reason. I, I don't understand. I, I don't understand who wouldn't want to take it. I tweeted, uh, not tweeted, I wrote in my commentary yesterday, and uh, it's at RoyGreenShow.com, and you can go to GlobalNews.ca, you can find it there as well. And I outlined why, or it was very specific about why I want a vaccine. And I got pushed back immediately. But I'm just talking about me, it's what, why, what I'm doing, and People become very emotional about this. Linda, what do you say? The same question, if uh, when the vaccines arrive in quantity in this country, should anyone who refuses to be vaccinated face restrictions on movement at public places? I agree with Michelle. This is a really tough question because I believe in rights and freedoms, freedom of speech, freedom of movement, freedom of everything. But in a way, um, this is so real, and I'm getting sick of the people that are saying, no, it's a hoax, this COVID-19 is a hoax, people are dying. So I do believe that we're going to have to have some sort of, you know, something in place so that we can get this pandemic behind us. Do I believe, though, in restricting people? I don't know, Roy. I'm having, 
I'm having a tough time. Hey, I'm the first one on a vaccine, too, with you, Roy. I'm, I believe in it, and I believe we all should do that unless you have a medical reason otherwise. But um, ugh, I just don't like the idea of, like, it reminds me of communism when you say that, you know, you yeah, want to restrictions restrict movement people. Hard for us, hard for us. Um, and it was deductive reasoning, Catherine, that I got to where I got, that I will have the vaccine. And I ended the, 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 the column by saying, I'm just waiting for the day that I can turn around in a movie theater and I can say, will you please shut up? <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I will have the vaccine too, absolutely. unless there's some, you know, the, the, I guess the, the, uh, the, the joke, uh, the, the sad joke on Canada is it looks like we're going to be waiting quite a long time. And some people are trying to play that up as if, if it's, as if it's an advantage. Like, well, we'll, we'll see how others do. And therefore, this is great that we're going to be late. So we could be dropping like flies, but hey, what the heck? It'll, it'll be great. Um, but I, I, I think I, I think the same, the same rules should apply that apply to kids who don't get vaccinated in the schools. They're not allowed to attend classes. You know, there are certain restrictions and so on. And it's, it's, it's very unfortunate because I agree with my, my fellow beauties that I'm a freedom lover. But in this case, of course, be, if, if you are, you know, if you sort of deliberately choose, and this is, it, this is assuming the vaccine proves as effective as they say and so on, but assuming all that does come to pass, you are infringing on someone else's freedom if you refuse to get vaccinated and you infect them. So, you know, there's arguments on both sides in terms of those of us that do truly love freedom. Yeah. It is a difficult question to, to answer, but I think once you get there, you, you can stick with your, with your argument. It's not one of those where you vacillate once you arrive at the conclusion, again, through deductive reasoning, and it's a defensible position as well. How about this one? Who should receive the vaccine and on a priority scale? Where do you begin, Catherine? Well, I don't think this one's uh, as tough, frankly. <laughs> I, I think healthcare workers, people that are clearly working with infected individuals every day, uh, should be right up there at the top of the pecking order. Uh, the elderly and otherwise uh, compromised in some way uh, health-wise uh, should also be up there, whether it's people in retirement homes or just in general. So I, I think those, peop- th- those groups have to have the priority and then we can we can go from there. So it, it'll be very interesting, though, to see. We've heard so much baffle gab from the federal government in terms of, uh, I was listening to some interviews recently with that Anita Anand, the procurement minister, and so on, and I have zero confidence they know what they're doing here. <laughs> zero, given all the, the bobbing and weaving they've been doing as to exactly when Canadians will have access to this. Mm-hmm. So it's you know, it's going to be a very interesting uh, six months to a year ahead. Yeah, no, everybody's going to want to hear the interview at the top of the next hour when Paul Lucas will join me, the previous president for 16 years. He was president and CEO of GlaxoSmithKline, and he was uh, president CEO at the time that uh, the intergovernmental affairs minister, Mr. LeBlanc, said that uh, vaccine production essentially stopped because of the Harper government. So we'll, we'll see what uh, Mr. Lucas, well, I know what he's going to say. So, uh, Linda, on to you when it comes to establishing a priority list about who who does and, you know, who gets vaccine first. Well, what do you say? You know, I, Catherine took the words out of my mouth. I mean, I think our frontline workers, those people who are jeopardizing their life every day, taking care of the sick, they have to be number one. And I still think that there's a myth here in our retirement homes. Um, 
Lord knows my mom is not in a retirement home, thank goodness. She's turning 90 on Christmas Day. She's having a dinner tonight for a few in her bubble. But I'm not going, Roy, because <laughs> I can't. And so I think the elderly and those people that our health immune system is compromised, including my baby girl, Sky, who survived right. cancer. I think the people um, that they should be in the list. And then, as Catherine says, let the rest fall. Um, you know, but I, as I said earlier, I do believe and I hope this vaccine works and I hope we can get out of this. Okay. So uh, I don't want to forget the people who work in defiant essential services uh, who are out there every day taking things on, often at a very minimal salary, and they exactly. and they, rem- yeah. they maintain their sense of humor and their positive attitude. So let's not uh, any of us forget the, the great work that they do. Yeah. Michelle, let me wrap this question up with you, and then we'll take, we'll take the break, and we'll come back with a different issue. Well, I certainly agree with um, the elderly. Those are compromised. Uh, have compromised immune systems. Uh, those frontline workers, whether they be firefighters, everyone in that category, I think should be first. What I didn't support, and I, it's going to sound terrible, was when they, uh, the government said they believe that prisoners in jail should take some priority. And I didn't agree with that at all. Linda, this one has to go to you first. <laughs> And because it's something you've been talking about for a long time. So we now reach um, the, the point where um, the uh, Canada's economy and Canadian consumer debt hits $2 trillion. Unbelievable. You know, Roy, I never thought I would, you know, I shouldn't say that, but you and I have talked about this so many times over the years, and $1.6 trillion, and $1.7 trillion, and now we're over $2 trillion in consumer debt. And that's up 3.8% from a year ago. But, you know, here we are in the pandemic, and you wonder how, how can this be that people, you know, are, are, are taking on more debt? Well, let's look at it. I mean, the real estate market is on fire because we've got five-year mortgages at like 2.25%. And uh, so we're seeing mortgage debt is a way up there. Now, we consider that good debt because you have an, um, an asset, but... It's credit card debt, it's car loans debts, it's all of these, Roy. And you just talked to Dan Kelly. And what about these small businesses? And what about all these people that might be losing jobs or have lost jobs? And they say delinquencies are not big, but mm. that's because there was a mortgage moratorium that you didn't you, you could take a break from yep. paying off your mortgage. This is heading to trouble. And I want to remind everybody, the federal government, one point nine trillion, ninety percent of GDP Add in provincial debt. We're at $3.2 trillion, 166% of our gross domestic product. Roy, we got governments, we got consumers, and unless this reset button means we don't, we just get rid of interest and we don't charge it. I mean, I can't believe this. And it's Catherine, a, you were yeah, with me a, when we fought the debt crisis in the yeah. 1990s. Linda, Linda, I'm sorry I have to jump in. We have three minutes and I've got to fit in Catherine and, and Michelle as well. Sorry. So. Yeah. No, no, no. I, what you're saying is really is fascinating to listen to, because I look at these numbers and my eyes start to roll. You're the economist, Catherine. A trillion is that a, is that a thousand billion? <laughs> yeah, it's 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 so. It is, isn't it? It is. It is so unfathomable what has happened here. And let's not forget, con- consumers in Canada and governments were in trouble long before COVID. So the the big spending, and when I hear. People like Christy Freeland, who is a very ill-equipped finance minister, I'm sorry, I've met with many over the years. 
She is profoundly ill-equipped to be finance minister. Uh, when I hear them saying we can borrow so much because the interest rates are at record lows, that is so naive and, and just dishonest. Interest rates will not stay at record lows. And all you indebted Canadians out there, wait for the tax increases because they're coming. They're coming soon. And, you know, you're going to be worse off because you're not going to have the same take-home pay to deal with those debts that you're carrying. So, you know, I mean, when you talk about that, uh, the interest rates being low so we can borrow, that means that I could now go out and do what I want to do all my life, and that is go out and finance a Bentley Continental GT with a with a 12-cylinder uh, twin-turbocharged 650-horsepower engine. No, never, never. Well, you know what I'm saying? It's the... <laughs> It's it's the personal metaphor. You know I mean? Well, you, you should go ahead, Roy. Yeah. I should go ahead. Well, everybody else is. At this stage is. of the game, damn the torpedoes. <laughs> I can't afford the spark plugs on the thing, let alone the car. Oh, I don't know if you heard about the guy who, who was doing these disgusting things in Ontario. He finally got charged where he rented luxury homes, divided them up into, into oh, did, yeah. tiny apartments, and he was leasing... Um, I think it was a Lamborghini. <laughs> I, I shouldn't laugh because, the, you no, know, you the people that owned these homes weren't very happy that he was trashing no. them. Okay. But, you know, crazy stuff is happening. Go get your Six, Bentley. 60 seconds, Michelle. They're all yours. I agree wholeheartedly. It's, every time I hear, and I've heard the Prime Minister say it and Christian Freeland say, we can afford to borrow. Of course we can, until the day comes when we can't. And when we do, we're going to hit that wall like nobody's business. And uh, I, I think that, uh, as Catherine said, we were in trouble before COVID, and we have exacerbated it, like spending and freely without, without any hesitation. I'm not saying we didn't have to spend money, but I, I still have my doubts about how well it's been administered. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend. 